Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. How bad is the bank run and the banking collapse? I don't know. There's a lot of people in the financial industry and sector saying everything's fine. You don't have to worry about anything. You got Democrats like Joe Biden saying, I don't worry about your deposits are safe. You got a lot of people saying the end is nigh. Silvergate Bank, a smaller bank, collapses, followed by SVB, the second largest bank collapse in U.S. history, followed by Signature Bank, the third largest bank collapse in U.S. history. And now we're hearing that Credit Suisse is next to fall because the bond market is collapsing. I don't know. Not a financial guy. I'm starting to get worried. I will not come on to YouTube, onto my show, and play any kind of game where I can say, run for the hills and take your money, or everything's fine. Don't worry about it because I really just don't know. But I will be honest with you. Let me show you this story. Arizona Senator Mark Kelly reportedly calls for censoring social media companies to prevent bank run. He denies. I really don't believe him because you had a bunch of people on this call with financial executives and politicians. And apparently he asked, is there a way to censor social uh, information on social media that would stop a bank run? That question right there has me worried. What's really going on behind the scenes? If another bank, a fourth bank is set to fall, if the bond market is predicting, uh, excuse me, predicting a collapse, then I don't know what I'm supposed to believe, but I'll tell you this. You're going to get a lot of people in media who are going to come on their shows and say, nah, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Maybe they're right. You're going to get a lot of Internet personalities, anti-establishment types who are coming out and saying the end is nigh and run for the hills. Perhaps that is the case. What would you do? That's my question to you. Comment below. What do you think people should do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. First thing I'm going to do today is I'm going to start shoring up my financial defenses I'm going to make sure that I have properly distributed funding for my business and myself to maximize my uh, insurance. I am going to, I don't know if cash is the right thing to have, but I'm getting, I'm being advised by some friends, not financial experts or anything. They're telling me like, hey, just get some cash ready. You might need it. And some people are saying buy silver. Some people are saying buy crypto. And it's hard to know exactly who to trust. 
But when you see a story like this, two stories, actually, the first, that Credit Suisse may fall. And then you see this story where a Democrat's like, we got to censor this. Otherwise, there will be a run on the banks. Well, I'll tell you this. First and foremost, he may be right. I read this really interesting thread talking about how Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. And apparently they weren't doing that bad, nor was Signature. The problem is people freaked out. They were doing fairly bad. Now, I don't know about Signature. Some people are saying they were doing, they were fine. They were solvent. But my understanding is so is SVB. What happened apparently with Silicon Valley Bank is that they were doing okay and they wanted to raise money following the collapse of Silvergate Bank, a smaller bank. Them coming out and saying, we need to raise money caused a panic. They didn't tell people what was going on. So then people who are all in the tech sector started saying like, hey, man, I think SVB might go out. Get your money out. Which, well, self-fulfilling prophecy. The same may be true for the entire financial sector. So I don't know. Mark Kelly has a point. If everybody goes online and screams the end is nigh, then the end really is nigh. And that's what's worrying to me. Am I the kind of person that sees a panicky mob and then says, no, 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 they'll get their act together. Everything will be fine. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm the kind of person who's a panicky mob and says, I better get out of here before it's too late. That's what has me worried. Because I'll put it this way. If you operate under the assumption that everything's fine, and it, it, you know, we'll, we'll call this um, the banking wager. I'll give you a simple mathematical equation, which I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of people angry at me for doing, but I'm not here to lie and placate you. I'm here to tell you how I truly feel about these things and what I think is happening. The banking wager. Are you familiar with Pascal's wager? Now, Pascal's wager goes, if God exists and I believe in him, then I go to heaven. If God exists and I don't believe in him, then I go to hell. If God doesn't exist and I believe in him, it doesn't matter. If God doesn't exist and I don't believe in him, it doesn't matter. Therefore, the smartest and safest position in that logic is to have faith in God. I don't think that's actually a great logic, but that's how the logic goes. The banking wager would be this. If everything is fine and you take your money out of the bank, it doesn't matter. You have your money. If everything is fine and you leave your money in the bank, it doesn't matter. Everything is fine. If everything is not okay and the banks are on the verge of collapse and you take out your money, you are safe. If everything is not fine and you leave your money in the bank, you're in serious trouble. So there's only one option for the average person watching all of this news. And this is why they are scared of a bank run. If you do nothing, then you're either neutral to negative. If you actually took money out, you're in a safe position, let, let alone if you took money out and bought Bitcoin or something. I'm not giving you advice. I'm saying if there really is a collapse, my Bitcoin goes up. My silver, my gold goes up. Dollar. So doing nothing is not an option. There's just no logic to that, except for the we must all stand together united not to pull our money out of the banks for each other to prevent a bank run. I mean, honestly, kind of noble. But I tell you this, it's going to be every man for themselves, for himself, for for herself. We're progressive here, right? I can only tell you that I'm not saying you should do anything. I don't know. But I'm saying that's what people are going to be thinking right now with more reports about financial instability. Let me show you this. This is the Nasdaq bank index I showed yesterday. It's down nearly 10 percent, minus 9.87 First Foundation, Inc., 
I believe this is, uh, uh, these, these are all banks, minus 33, Zion's minus 25. And if you go down to, to where it starts getting positive, there's like, what is this, like 13 banks that are positive and the best is landmark with 2.9, 2.9%. Everyone else seeing a major hit. I do not know what this will turn into. All I know is there's real fear about a bank run. So much so that it is being reported a Democrat senator said we need to censor information. We have this tweet from Thomas Massey. I highlighted yesterday morning. He says, just got off a Zoom meeting with the Fed, Treasury, FDIC, House and Senate. A Democrat senator essentially asked whether there was a program in place to censor information on social media that could lead to a run, to a run on the banks. And then he publishes this substack saying his name. And here it is from public.substack.com. During a conference call about the Silicon Valley bank bailout yesterday, Senator Mark Kelly asked representatives from the Federal Reserve, Treasury Department, and FDIC if they had a way to censor information on social media to prevent a run of the banks, according to a Republican member of the House of Representatives who were on the call. The members said there were roughly 200 people on the Zoom call, including senators, House members, and staff members from both parties. Our conference call led by Chuck Schumer with the Fed, uh, blah, 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 asked three agencies if there was a program underway on social media to censor information that would lead to a run of the bank, Massey told public. I believe he couched it in a concern that foreign actors would be doing this, said Massey. But he didn't suggest the censorship should be limited to foreigners or to things that were untrue. The people from the three agencies couldn't answer him and just sort of took a pass on the question. So if uh, this video ends up disappearing, you'll know exactly why. Lauren Boebert tweeted, on a briefing with Biden Undersecretary of the Treasury, Nellie Lang, regarding the SVB bailout, they are working towards, uh, I'm sorry, what is it? Uh, on a briefing with, they are working towards, and a member asked if they were reaching out to Facebook and Twitter to monitor misinformation and bad actors. Dan Bishop, chairman of the Subcommittee on Oversight, Investigations and Accountability, confirmed the accounts of Massey and Boebert, and a rep for Boebert's office confirmed that a member she was re- referring to was a Democratic senator. You have multiple people on this call saying they are worried about this. I have confirmed with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy that it was Senator Mark Kelly who asked on last night's Zoom call whether the call hosts were interacting with social media platforms and on the lookout for foreign influence that might promote bank runs. Democrats say Republicans are also calling for censorship. A spokesperson for the Senate. <laughs> I'm just going to say right here. I don't care about politics in this regard. If both sides are like they're both trying to censor this. Fine. Play the game. The collapse is happening. If both sides are pointing at each other saying they're trying to censor information because they're worried about a bank run. Sounds like everybody's worried about a bank run, doesn't it? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, 
When it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877 646 Five, three, four, seven. I'll say it again. I don't want a bank run. That's scary. I don't want the system to collapse. I'm worried about it. I got a business. I don't just have a family. I have staff and I have people who are all here working, relying on this company functioning. And if the system crumbles, what do we do? So I want everybody. I, I, I genuinely want everyone to sit back, order some chicken wings, have a nice drink and watch a game. And don't worry your sweet little heads about this. But my business is not built upon lulling people into a false sense of security. I think, I really do think things are going to be fine. But I think also at the same time, it's going to be bad. What I mean to say is things will get worse, but it will not be apocalyptic. I don't know if this will be the big one. I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I laid it out in the beginning the banking wager, as I just called it, that if you do, if nothing's happening, take your money out. So what? You got cash in an envelope. Nothing's happening. You leave your money in. So what? You got cash in a bank. But if something is happening and you leave your cash in the bank, you'll lose it all. And if something is happening, take your cash out. You got cash in an envelope. That means mathematically, logically speaking, the only thing anyone could do was start taking cash out of a bank. I'm not saying this to encourage you to do so. I'm saying that's what I see happening. Now, there's going to be a lot of people who ignore it. There's a lot of people who have no idea what's going on in the world. That is why I I think people are probably going to start pulling out money. There was reporting that transfers and deposits, uh, transfers and withdrawals, sorry, were were being, were were stagnating because so many people were trying to move money out of regional banks. Why would anyone paying attention to the news sit back? There is no upside to doing nothing, and there's infinite upside to doing something. That's the scary thing about bank runs. This was the first Twitter-fueled bank run, said McHenry. At this time, it is important to remain level-headed and look at the facts, not speculation, when, when assessing the right path forward. No, you know what? I'm sick of it. The banking system is a Ponzi scheme as it is. And if this is what happens with the rapid spread of information, so be it. So be it. They think that they can sit back and censor us when they're floating this Ponzi scheme. Sorry. You know how that works? You put money in a bank. Bank uses your money for other things. And they're hoping, fingers crossed, that everybody doesn't take their money out all at the same time. Because then the bank doesn't have the money to pay out. It collapses. People will start showing up to their bank. Let me tell you something, my friends. We need cash. We need petty cash for things. The normal business function. I went to the bank to pull out cash and they told me this was months ago. I wasn't able to. And then if I wanted to, I had to put in a special order. There was a cap on how much I could take out. And I went, uh, what? Yeah. I've heard it from other people. Put in an order and we'll get you the cash you need. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to make sure that I've opened up a bunch of bank accounts because the FDIC makes little sense. 
Because if you have uh, someone tweeted this, I think it was a Cobasi letter I was uh, uh, referencing the other day. If you have a million dollars in one bank, you're insured up to 250K. If you have a million dollars in four banks, your, your million dollars is completely insured. That really does make little sense. But it is what it is. They say what's more, Kelly's call for censorship comes at a time of growing demands from Democrats for more censorship by social media companies. So we get it. We get it. Here's the, here's the scary news. Credit Suisse shares fall to all-time low as bank announces it has found material weakness just hours after Wall Street expert predicted that it would be the next to fall. Here's what people are saying. This is tracking alongside the 2008 collapse. First, there was some turmoil in March, then September. It's March. Are we going to wait till September to find out? I don't think anyone's going to. The spread of information is too fast. I think it will happen way, way faster. I think if this does track this way, let me read a little bit more. On Tuesday morning, Credit Suisse published its annual report, which revealed an $8 billion loss in 2022. The bank had been due to publish the report last Thursday, but was sent back to its review to review its books by the SEC. Today, Credit Suisse said the weaknesses were down to a failure of failure to design and maintain an effective risk assessment process to identify and analyze the risk of material misstatements. Oh, boy. Well, I hope you all are ready for what's what's going to be coming. The Cabezi letter says February CPI shows inflation at 6% in line with expectations. Core CPI shows inflation at 5.5 in line with expectations. We have collapsed. We have collapsed in the regional banking system with 6% inflation. This is a costly fight against inflation. That's right. Cobasi letter says JP Morgan, Citigroup, and other large financial institutions trying to accommodate customers wanting to move deposits quickly. In other words, regional banks are losing customers quickly. There is outsized risk with large deposits at regional banks. Large banks win. Oh, man. I don't know what you should do. Update. JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup are trying to handle largest movement of deposits in over a decade. There is no reason to bank with a small financial institution right now. Risk to reward, it just doesn't make sense. Seriously? I don't know what this video is. I probably shouldn't just play it, but this is getting crazy, man. The backstop of SVB deposits is worthless without backstopping the rest of the banks. If one bank is backstopped and the run begins on the next one, this is the situation that the FDIC has created. They avoided a collapse of SVB. Now they must do the same for everyone else. This is why they want to censor information. If it is true that Chase and Citigroup are handling the largest movement of deposits in over a decade, the bond market is worse than 2008, and you've got prediction that another bank is set to fall after three have already fallen, why would anyone think their money is safe? I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm not going to come on here and be like, ignore it. Everything will be fine. Pull a Jim Cramer. Back in the 2008 collapse, everybody goes on TV and they say, everything's fine. You know, I'm hearing that some of these executives were selling off shares and moving their money right before this happened. They don't want you to panic because they want to get out first. Think of it this way. A large mob is moving through the streets, screaming, running the banks. If you can make it to the bank first, you get your money out. So what happens? They send out their Jim Cramers to run to the mob and go, everyone, listen, listen. Give me one quick moment to explain what's happening. They draw it out. They make it verbose as possible. Now, all of you are angry about the banks, right? 
Let me tell you, the way the bank works, and then everyone's stopping listening and be like, what's he saying? Meanwhile, his buddies are out pulling their money out as fast as they can. This is scary stuff. Because I'd love to come on this show and just be like, everything's fine. Ignore it. Everything's totally fine. Yeah, I don't do that. I'm not saying everything's it's the end of the world or anything like that. Maybe it's not. I just don't think, man, I don't know. I, I told this story the other day on IRL because I hang out at the casino on weekends. It's funny because people like have shown up like, hey, there he is. He's sure enough. He's here. I was like, yeah, you know, play poker. Poker with the boys. You know, it's fun. It's relaxing. You, you disconnect. You get away from all the noise. And the people there really have no idea what's happening. Some do to a certain degree, but many of them, a handful of them know who I am. And so they're paying attention. They're active. But I've heard people just be like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't pay attention to that stuff. Those are the people that are going to be running full speed to the bank in a week. If this goes south, you, you're hearing it now. I don't want to encourage anyone to do anything. I'm just saying, if this really does get bad, the people who have been paying attention will be fine. And the people who are not paying attention will be angry. This is why I say it's important to follow the news. Because imagine, imagine you are in your village. You're in a small village and someone outside is going, hear ye, hear ye. We have important word. And you go, ah, I don't care about his important word. I'm, I'm making a stew. And then all of a sudden you hear rumbling. It's horses. And then a bunch of barbarians ransack everything and kill your family. I know it's a pretty brutal way to describe it. Point is, the people went outside and listened to the hear and he says a horde approaches. Quick, everyone gather your things and flee or shore up your weapons and defenses, whichever. The guy who wasn't paying attention gets trampled. I don't know, man. I, I, I maybe this is it. We had this story. This one kind of got overlooked by a lot of the news. Crypto focus bank Silvergate shut down its operations. Here we go. Don't worry. Don't worry. We got breaking news just popped up at the top of CNBC. Dow rallies 300 points as it tries to snap five day slide. Regional banks rebound. Look at that. Oh, oh, the oh, the, the bonds are improving. Oh, U.S. stocks rose on Tuesday as bank stocks mounted a comeback. They went up, blah, blah, blah. Did they? Look at that. Eight percent up right at open. OK. All right. I pulled it right up right when the breaking news happened. You saw right there. So maybe we good. We good. Look at this. This is actually fairly good news. I mean, if you bought in yesterday when everyone was panicking, you made a good amount of money. <laughs> if you sold, you got hurt. Look, man, like I said, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. People are going to freak out. But in real time, I got the breaking news, pulled at the Nasdaq bank index, and these banks have just jumped eight points. That's a, that's a near 20, that's a 17 point swing. So that's pretty good news. If you bought in when they were down 30%, what was that one bank that was down 30? That was, um, was it foundation or something? Let's see. Let's do this. Where's the, whoa, PacWest is up 64%. Some people just made a whole lot of money. I kind of feel like seeing this, it may be fine. I'm, 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 I'm going to chill out a little bit. This is good news, right when, right when the things open up. So we'll see how people handle it. Once again, y'all are in the know. Is the safest move to move your money? Perhaps. Because the other news, it happened. But now we're seeing a major stock rebound, which is really good news for a lot of these companies. A lot of these, um, man, the, the one, imagine, I think PacWest was down like 20%. It's like an 80-point swing. 
A lot of money was just made. I'll tell you what. We'll see. We'll see, man. Do what you think is right for yourself. Be prepared. Maybe this is a blip. People will get through it. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. So we're seeing a major rebound in some of the stocks of a lot of these banks that were getting crushed just the other day. And the question is, how is the economy doing? Well, the weird thing is they had to halt trading again because many of the stocks, many of these bank stocks skyrocketed so high, they had to shut it down. It's absolute market volatility. So I don't know what's going on, but I can tell you two things. In this viral clip from the other day, Joe Biden refused to answer questions as people are asking, can you assure the American public things are okay? He just looks, turns around, walks right off. Not confidence building. And while this video is a short snippet of how much they actually care, in my opinion, we have this story from the Daily Mail. Meta confirms another 10,000 layoffs, 13% of its remaining staff. As Zuckerberg says, tech bubble is bursting was a humbling wake-up call and warns new economic reality will continue for many years. So is the Zuck right? You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. Well, let me show you this video of Joe Biden, and then you tell me what you think they think as it pertains to the economy. Y'all ready for this one? Just got to make sure we have the audio set up properly and we will play President, what do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect other <laughs> banks to fail, Mr. President? Should all depositors be protected at all banks? Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Mr. President. Here you go, here you go. Listen. Should all depositors be protected at all banks? Should all depositors be protect- protected at all banks? Can you tell the American people what caused this to happen? Can you give them assurances? And Biden, from the other day, no. And so this is the story that I saw. And I don't know if Mark Zuckerberg is the foremost expert on everything that's happening, but it certainly feels like, I don't know, is Mark Zuckerberg right? The tech bubble is bursting. Is that why Silvergate collapsed? It's a crypto bank. Is that why SVB collapsed? A Silicon Valley tech investor bank. And is that why Signature collapsed? Another crypto bank. The going theory right now, we saw this from Tucker Carlson and many others, is that the bank run will be a move to trigger a central bank digital currency. Now me, I'm a big fan of Bitcoin. I got me some Bitcoin and Bitcoin is skyrocketing in value. Digital gold, they call it. And I have to wonder, because I tell people this a lot. Back when Bitcoin was coming out, I guess, you know, it was like late 2000, I think 2009. 
I first discovered, I think around early 2011, and it was worthless. Like a single Bitcoin was worth, what, what were they worth? Like seven cents or so, 70 cents for one Bitcoin. I think it was 70 cents. And the people who were really into it were right-wing libertarian types and conspiracy theorists and anarchists. I told my friends, a Bitcoin transaction is tracked. Any, any, anybody can monitor the whole network. And if you've got a powerful enough AI, yet you'll know who owns which wallet. You don't need them to put their name on it. Now everything you do, everything you buy with this currency is tracked. Hell of a way to usher in a global currency, don't you think? But maybe the idea was always that Bitcoin would be digital gold. Nobody owns the rights to gold. Like gold exists. And then we can like mint gold coins and put our symbols on it or something. U.S. dollars, well, the U.S. government, for the most part, I mean, the Federal Reserve, they control that. You know, other countries can counterfeit, but they're not making real dollars. Bitcoin could be that gold. And then the U.S. can create their central bank digital currency. That means you will have a digital crypto wallet with Fed coin on it that tracks everything you do, every purchase. They will know, the machine will know forever. Now, I can't tell you if that's where they want to take it. Certainly, many people fear that. What I can tell you is, ignoring all the bank stuff, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, the new economic reality will continue for many years. Is he wrong? They're laying off 13% of their staff. Maybe he's just talking about Facebook, but heck of a time to do it. Daily Mail says, Facebook's parent company, Meta, has confirmed it will cut 10,000 jobs in the coming months. On top of the 11,000 that were slashed in December, shrinking its staff count by another 13%. Combined, the cuts account for just under a quarter of the company's 86,000 person workforce. Zuckerberg made the announcement on his Facebook page, sharing the internal memo he sent to employees. Among those who will lose their jobs first are members of the company's recruiting teams. Yeah, that one makes sense. Here's the timeline you should expect. Over the next couple of months, org leaders will announce restructuring plans focused on flattening our orgs, canceling lower priority pot projects, and reducing our hiring rates. Here's the post he made. I'm going to tell you right now, my friends, I expect things to get very, very bad. I don't know about the banks. I don't know about a run of the banks. I can only tell you based on what I'm seeing for my business. Ad rates, tech sector, YouTube, all that stuff. We are not the first line in the tech bubble collapse, but we are second in line. When YouTube starts a hurting, people stop buying ads. YouTube gets hit by it. We get hit in turn. Well, I should say that we're in a similar space. YouTube and, and, and I, we split the ad revenue. They take a smaller cut. They take a lot, though. But what about the subsidy? YouTube subsidizes a lot of this. So things could get particularly bad. I don't know how bad, but I think things could get particularly bad. We have this one here from fortune.com. What we're seeing is an investor bank run. Wall Street shaken by wave of trading halts as record drops rock regional lenders. And I don't know what, what you can expect to happen next. I really don't. But the idea is the conspiracy theory, I suppose, or I should, I'll put it this way, the opportunity of crisis. Depending on who you ask, they'll give you one of two explanations. They'll say it's intentional. The government wants these things to happen so that they can usher in a central bank digital currency. Others will say, no, it's simply a crisis opportunity. 
when, when is the best time to implement radical change? When people are losing their minds over a crisis. And then you can inject some rapid change into a system because the system's already in turmoil. From the federalreserve.gov, central bank digital currency, they say, well, the Federal Reserve has made no decisions on whether to pursue or implement a central bank digital currency or CBDC. We have been exploring the potential benefits and risks of CBDCs from a variety of angles, including through technological research and experimentation. Our key focus is on whether and how a CBDC could improve on an already safe and efficient U.S. domestic payment system. CBDC is generally defined as a digital liability of a central bank that is widely available to the general public. Today in the United States, Federal Reserve notes, yes, right, Federal Reserve notes, physical currency, are the only type of central bank money available to the general public. Like existing forms of money, a CBDC would enable the general public to make digital payments. As a liability of the Federal Reserve, however, a CBDC would be the safest digital asset available to the general public with no associated credit or liquidity risk. Really? Well, I'm not going to give you any advice, but I'd certainly say, yeah, no, U.S. dollars, physical currency and a central bank digital currency, probably one of the riskiest things you can have. Well, to be fair, not the riskiest. Um, there's, there's probably a lot of crazier things you can have that are way riskier. But I'll tell you the story I've told a million times. I read this thing on Daily Mail about a family. They, they popped up on a floorboard and found a box with 50 grand in it from the 1950s. And they were like, granddad, put 50 grand in a box. We're rich. Sorry to tell you, man, but that was probably worth the equivalent of like 5 million back then. Maybe not 5 million, but like 500,000 to a million in buying power. And if he had bought gold instead, yeah, then you'd be rich. Or I don't know, like AT&T stock or some other company. U.S. dollars, not all it. Now, don't get me wrong. Stocks are risky. He could have invested in some happening company back then, a shoemaker, and now the shoemaker ceases to exist and you lose it all. But U.S. currency, that ain't the safest place to spend your money. I always say this, invest in yourself. They say, the Federal Reserve Board has issued a discussion paper that examines the pros and cons of a potential U.S. CBDC. So we'll see. The one thing I can say is, if Facebook is going to be firing another 10,000 people, 10,000 people are not going to have food. And do you know what's going on in California right now? A lot of homeless people. So what do these 10,000 layoffs mean? Do you think it ends with Facebook? We will likely see it ripple through several other tech sector businesses. We've already seen tons of layoffs across the board. Look, Twitter's been laying off tons of people for somewhat different reasons, but yes, also to cut costs. Then you've got a bunch of other big tech companies. I think Amazon did a massive layoff. Facebook did a massive layoff. And now they're doing, well, Matt, I should say, another 10,000 people. Where do all of these people go? So I'm wondering, and I've been saying this for some time, you know it, where is everybody? Serious question. We went out a year ago, uh, not, not, not quite a year ago, like seven months ago. We're at the movies and it was completely dead. It was like a big Marvel release. I can't remember which movie. And I'm like, where is everyone? How come nobody is out on a Saturday night? I keep hearing from people, well, you know, it's hard to find workers because so many retired. And I'm like, BS, dude, I don't buy it. There's a, there's a local restaurant that went out of business because they couldn't find wait staff. They couldn't find servers. And I'm like, you couldn't find a 17-year-old to bring food from the kitchen to a table? No, we couldn't. Where do those people get money from? 
What are they eating? How are they paying their bills? It's a question that we haven't had answered. Well, except for Ian's hypothesis. You guys may know Ian from Timcast IRL. Become a member at Timcast.com. Click join us if you want to support our work, especially in these trying times, if you're able to. He said, yeah, but there's a lot of homeless people now. And I went, holy crap, is that it? I mean, think about it. You've got a restaurant, a server. This is somebody who's making 15 bucks, 20 bucks an hour, maybe if it's a busy restaurant getting tips. The restaurant shuts down because of COVID and that person has no money. So what do they do? They can't pay their rent. All of these stories are ignored and no one cares. And these people end up homeless. Now, when these businesses reopen, who do they have to hire? Nobody. All of the people that used to be there, they retired. They all moved on. Are you kidding me? Now, now there are kids, young people who could be getting jobs that aren't, don't know where they're at. But you've got people in your late 20s, early 30s who may be doing low skilled jobs at stores or whatever, and they're homeless. And what are they going to do? Are they going to come out of their tent under a bridge and walk into a Home Depot and say, I can do I can do floor work for you. They're going to be it's not going to happen. See, I was thinking about the Great Depression, wondering how it is that you could have so many people, but so little food and this economic turmoil. And the issue is simple, simply grease in the machine. Why do they give out stimulus money? Like, why did Obama do that big stimulus thing? Hey, that was great for me. One day I had cash and I'm like, I can buy stuff. Stimulus. The idea is if you give all of the grassroots people money, they all trade it amongst themselves very rapidly, creating economic, uh, a spike in economic activity because someone's got money and they come to me and I'm a guy selling cheeseburgers. And I'm like, I'll make more cheeseburgers because more people are buying cheeseburgers. Then I have more money to pay my staff. Economic stimulus. Right now, we have the opposite of that. What the COVID lockdown was, was economic breaking, I guess. And then all of that economic activity stopped and you can't just start it back up. So Meta, laying people off. And I was going to show you this, you know, it's it's I don't want to show too much because uh, it's brutal. Seemingly unrelated, seven minors, post-millennial, Seven miners between the ages of 11 and 14 have been arrested in connection with the brutal beating of a woman in Philadelphia last month, with one more suspect still unknown to police. The reason I highlight this story in an economic uh, segment, it all comes together. I saw a video of a guy, a woman leaves a bank. She's got about four grand, five grand. I think, well, I think it's 4,500 in an envelope because she was taking out money because she was going to buy travel to go visit her family in Vietnam. A dude runs up to her knocks her down, takes her stuff, picks her up and body slams her, paralyzing her from the waist down for all for a couple grand. I see that video. I see this video. I see what's happening in New York. And I'm just like, look, man, I don't need to be the bearer of black pills. But look at this stuff that's happening. Societal collapse, violence, crime, urban decay. A Biden administration that doesn't seem to care about the problem as it just gets worse. How do you make how do you make it better? Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? 
Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family owned and operated business in the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. I wonder if a show like mine has the influence to make people do positive things like, hey, everybody, go buy cheeseburgers, go spend money, simulate the economy. I don't think so. I think we're all just sitting back and you have 90 percent of the population, a zombie horde, mindlessly marching towards the destruction of the society. They're not paying attention. They don't care. They're ignoring the problems and they say things like, I, I, I can't pay attention to that stuff. Oh, it's so infuriating, infuriating. I, I can't pay attention to that stuff. It's too depressing. Imagine sitting in your house and a fire starts and someone runs in and says, there's a fire in the kitchen. I don't want to hear it. That stuff is too depressing. And you're like, the house will burn down and you will die. Oh, can you shut up? I don't care about your politics. That's how it feels sometimes. Hearing stories about mass economic failure, violence in the streets, people beating each other. And I'm just like, You know, things seem to be getting worse every day. Now, it could be that the night is always darkest before the dawn, and we don't know where the bottom is, so I don't know. Here's what I was talking about yesterday. We had the guy Drew Miller. We got his poster right here in front of me, actually. It's really funny. Uh, From Fortitude Ranch, a survival prep facility. Full disclosure, I have a small, uh, tiny percentage stake in it. Some people were like, it's a commercial for this ranch, and it's like, dude, Everybody promotes their stuff when they come on the show. People bring books and they show off their books. They promote their website. That's the point of coming on someone else's show. Uh, But it's not a commercial. I mean, we had him booked in general. And I think it was interesting timing. A lot of people actually said this was perfectly timed. And how did you manage to get this guy right? We've had him on the show before. We've had like four episodes of the Fortitude Ranch guys. And I ended up investing. Well, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing watching all of this. I invested in a survival preparedness and recreational facility with multiple locations. Because I think about what you could invest in that actually matters. Survival. I mean, that feels to me like the only thing that matters. I don't care about gold. The way I describe it is this. You're walking down the street. The apocalypse has happened. And uh, you got a bottle of water. And there's a guy on your left. And he's saying, please, please, I need water. And there's a guy on your right saying, please, please, I need water. Well, you ask, okay, let's do a trade. I can share my water with you. And the guy on the left says, I have gold coins. And you go, "Uh uh-huh. And you look at the guy on your right and he goes, I have a sandwich. And you go, share with me half your sandwich and I'll give you half my water. And the guy with the gold says, but I have all the gold. Good luck eating or drinking that. I'm sure it will help you survive. Now, if people still want to use currency, they may. But gold is just something we believe has value. Food and water, that's got real value. I'll tell you about it. You know, it'll be worth more than gold is a bottle of water. You'll, you'll go to the store and they'll say something like, sure, we can sell you this meat. What do you have to trade? I have gold. I, we don't need gold. The gold doesn't do anything for us. You can't build with gold. It's a great conductor. 
Someone's going to walk in and say, I've got fresh water. It's clean and distilled. And they'll say, fill up our gallon and we'll give you some of our food because we really need water here. I know a lot of people might say something like, there's fresh water everywhere. Water's abundant. No, no, no. For sure. For sure. Don't get me wrong. Food is going to be important, but gold, that ain't going to be it. So I think about this, like I've invested in uh, antiseptics, vitamins. That's a scary stuff. I guess you can get, excuse me, vitamin C from rose hips and pine needles or something like that. I don't know if you live in an area with pine needles, I guess you can mash them up and eat those. Don't uh, consult your physician before doing anything like that. But looking at everything that's going on, here's what here's what I think. I think when it comes to the Facebook stuff and Mark Zuckerberg saying the new economic reality, I think we're headed for dark days. I also think this means we'll likely see a Donald Trump re-election. In the next year, two years, I think the economy is going to get very, very, very bad. I know I could come on the show and just be like, everything's fine. Just keep going. Keep going. Don't worry about it. Joe Biden wakes up at 9 a.m. shockingly to assure the nation your deposits are safe. That gives me the opposite feeling. Then when the reporters ask questions, he just turns around and walks away. Come on, man. You're going to do a press conference? No, the dude's hopped up on goofballs, goofballs can barely stay awake. Everything's going to be fine. Your deposits are safe. Bye. Well, tell us what's happening. The fact that he came out at all is kind of shocking and it's kind of unnerving. But right now I can see the Dow is up, that we're seeing these banks are, their stock is skyrocketing. And then a lot of people are pointing out like, You'd think that's a good thing. I I ended my last segment by saying like, well, look, the stocks are rebounding. It's a good thing. And a lot of people are saying this is actually indicative of something bad. It's indicative of of extreme volatility in the financial sector. And the bond markets, they're predicting collapse. To put it simply, people are buying bonds. They want to see a return. You buy it. They say, we'll give you X percent after X years or after Y years. And you're like, okay, but if inflation is 6%, and your bonds are yielding 2%, then you're going to be like, give me my money. This is a terrible investment. And then system breaks down, or at least the bond system does. But it's all one. It's like a Jenga tower. I'm not going to pretend to be an economist or financial expert. I don't know for sure. What I can say is, you know, I'll be I'll be uh, completely frank and honest. We've had conversations here about where our uh, 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 revenue streams are. And uh, I've already mentioned it. Ad rates are way down. Membership growth down. I don't think that we're, uh, I'll put it this way. I'll I'll say this. We're fine, but I'm not one of those people who's going to come out and be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, just tell everyone everything's okay. Stay calm. If things don't pick up in the next several months, then we're going to have to start restructuring and figure th- figuring things out. And we are a profit-heavy company. Like, the, 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 the amount of cost for producing this show is really low. But based on the way ad rates have been going, if it continues in that trend, then we're going to see something we've not seen before. We should be seeing ad rates increasing right now as we're entering March and into April with the budgets being finalized for a lot of these companies. Not so much. Even BuzzFeed was saying they're looking at like a 30 to 40% decline in ad rates. And if they're seeing that and I'm seeing that, that means it's going to be a ripple effect that really will hit everybody. What do you do? Should the government just come in and throw money at people and say, spend, spend, spend? They've been trying that. Didn't work. Then you got interest rate adjustments. 
And it's not working either. We got to control inflation. Oh, man, the system seems to be imploding. You can take Mark Zuckerberg's work for, word for it. I don't know for sure, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Get woke, go broke in quite possibly the best way possible. Now, we sit back and we cross our fingers that when these companies do horrible things with their insane cult ideology, they suffer the consequences of that. But sometimes it doesn't happen. And that's why I say get woke, go broke is not a law. It's a tendency. But now we have direct intervention from a real leader, Ron DeSantis from businessinsider.com. It brings me great joy to read you this headline. DeSantis administration revokes Hyatt Regency Miami alcohol license after it hosted a drag queen Christmas. Now, I, have no, I got no problems with drag queens. I got no problem with burlesque. I got no problem with strippers. I got no problem with people who are consenting adults that want to have adult entertainment. But when you bring kids into adult entertainment, when you bring in adult entertainers for children, you have crossed the line. Drag is basically LGBT burlesque, and you wouldn't bring a kid to a burlesque show. It's also akin to go-go dancing, and you wouldn't bring go-go dancers to story time, would you? Now, go-go dancers aren't naked. Yeah, but it's still inappropriate, and y'all know it. Here's the story from Insider. They say that the DeSantis administration is revoking the Hyatt Regency Miami's alcohol license after one of its facilities hosted a drag queen Christmas with minors present in the audience. The Department of Business and Professional Regulation filed a 17-page complaint Tuesday against the show's venue, the James L. Knight Center, which is affiliated with the Hyatt. The show required people under 18 to be accompanied by an adult as a condition of being allowed to attend. Do you know what that means? That means they know it's an adult show. A Drag Queen Christmas is a holiday-themed drag show that tours in 36 different cities and features stars from the reality RuPaul's Drag Race. It also had overt sexual, let's just say, acts in the show. The state's business department accused the facility of several violations, including a prohibition of lascivious exhibition before people younger than 16, though it's not clear to what extent this law is generally enforced. The department said performers were wearing sexually suggesting clothing and prosthetic female genitalia, as well as simulating masturbation. And I also believe this was the show where the two men thrust into each other, right? The least Ron DeSantis could do was revoke their, uh, well, we got audio coming from somewhere. Oh, no, that's a phone. Oh, weird. The least, weird, creepy phones. Anyway, the least that Ron DeSantis could have done was revoke their uh, alcohol license. So we have this uh, administration, administrative complaint. Petitioner is the state agency charged with regulating alcohol beverages and tobacco pursuant to Chapter 210, blah, blah, blah. Let's, I, I want to make sure we can, here's what they say. On or about December 27th, 2022, respondent hosted a drag queen Christmas on its licensed premises during which respondent served alcoholic beverages to patrons in attendance. Now, that's interesting. You brought children into an adult performance with alcohol. That's interesting. Respondent promoted the show using targeted Christmas themed promotional materials and that did not provide notice 
as to the sexually explicit nature of the show's performances or other content. Oh, man, they got exhibits. <laughs> oh, no. YouTube, if you get mad at me for showing these exhibits, you're a bigot. What's wrong with showing these exhibits? Prior to the show occurring, and based on media reports about the show at other locations, petitioner sent a letter to respondent notifying respondent that sexually explicit drag show performances constitute public nuisances, lewd activity, and disorderly conduct when minors are in attendance. And that if respondent failed to ensure that minors were prohibited from attending such performances, its license would be subject to penalties up to and including revocation. They told them outright, if you let kids into a sex show, we take away your license. And they did. And now you lose your license. Although Respondent updated its advertising to include a disclaimer that the show was recommended for audiences 18 plus, Respondent's admission policy specifically allowed for minor children to attend if accompanied by an adult. As a result, minors attended and were knowingly admitted into the show by Respondent. During the show and in the presence of persons less than 16 years of age, performers appeared on stage wearing sexually suggestive clothing and prosthetic female genitalia. The show featured numerous segments where performers engaged in acts of sexual conduct, simulated sexual activity, and lewd, vulgar, and indecent displays, including but not limited to... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A. Performers forcibly penetrating or rubbing their exposed prosthetic female breasts against the faces or oral cavities of audience members. These are all in the exhibits. Intentionally exposing performers prosthetic female breasts and genitalia to the audience. Intentionally exposing performers buttocks to the audience. Simulating... Masturbation through performers digitally penetrating prosthetic. Wow. I, I can't even, I don't even know if I can read these things on YouTube. Graphic depictions of childbirth and or abortion. Additionally, the videos were projected on screens behind the performers. The videos included images of exposed female breasts and less than a fully opaque covering. Portrayals of simulated masturbation and other sexually explicit content. These people are pedophiles. This is outright saying it. They were told no kids. They were showing children sexual content. I don't know what else you would call that other than pedophilia and grooming. The show also contained sexually explicit themes and prurient content presented through perverted versions of popular children's Christmas songs. These included an adaptation of All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth that can, what? That contained portrayals of oral as well as the line, I'll sit on his lap and he can put his milk and cookies all between my gap. The show also featured a performance from Screwdolph, the red-nippled reindeer, which included the following lyrics. I can't read this. I can't read it. I'm sorry. I think that one would get me a strike. At all times, material to this complaint, respondent maintained dominion and control over its licensed premises. Is this all you got, Ron? Shut the whole thing down. Revoke their business license. You can no longer serve alcohol because 
you had groomers showing sex content to children, revoke their, their entire license, shut it down. Maybe that will wake these people up. The, I, 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 I'm sorry, this is the least they could do. And I mean it, the least. They could do more. They should have a criminal investigation into this. The manager of the premises, premises should be criminally charged. If you went to a playground and showed these images to children, no question, you'd get arrested. Petitioner realleges and incorporates by reference the allegations set forth through paragraphs one through 14. Let's uh, read on. Exposing genitals are inconsistent with the prevailing standards in the adult community as a whole with respect to what suitable material for children under the age of 16. They reallege and incorporate the, the blah, 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 count two, count three. Uh, they're just basically saying, they're basically reiterating everything. Count four, they're, they're outlining in basic details like what Florida statute prohibits this behavior, this behavior, this behavior. And they're showing basically that, yo, they violated a lot of laws. Man, that's crazy. Let's see, we got count six. What is this one? Uh, maintaining a, 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 the facility division and to give full power to the authority to revoke, suspend a license of any person holding a license under the beverage law. Revoke their entire business license. This is the Hyatt. Okay, you're shut down. Six months suspension. Everybody GTFO. I'm just, I'm just sick of it. Look, I, can, I, I love the headline. I love that they did some kind of executive action. How about this, Ron? How about you send in state police and arrest the manager of this facility for hosting a sexual event for children? It's that simple. Arrest him. Walk in. Any cop can do it. Arrest him. Are there any cops near this jurisdiction in Miami who have the balls to take it among themselves, upon themselves, to just go in, ask for the manager, ask, were you the manager president present on this night in question? Turn around, place your hands behind the back. Take the initiative. You know, I've seen cops arrest people at their own discretion. Here you go. It's right here in front of you. Deal with the, with the, with the district attorney and the, and the crybaby politicians and the bureaucracy after the fact. After a cop says, I am willing, based on this document, to take it upon myself to issue an arrest. Let me ask you something. If a guy had an event inviting children and then showed sex to those kids, should that person be arrested? I can hear the collective yes from all of you. So Ron DeSantis, why isn't it happening? I'm just, I'm just, I'm really done, okay? I, I have no time to, to, to I, I like it, taking away their, their alcohol license. So what? So, they, so the guy who manages the place goes, I don't know, so we don't sell beer anymore. So we don't sell wine or vodka or whiskey. So what? Okay, sure. Maybe some people won't go downstairs to the bar. Make them feel it. This man who runs this, the manager, should be arrested. Staff members who facilitated it should be arrested. I'm not kidding. If you were a, a, a caterer, to, if you worked for the Hyatt and you were told, bring food down and you aided and abetted this event, you should be arrested. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. If I was if I was working at a club, security guard or bartender or barback, whatever, and the, and the company was bringing children into a sex show, I would leave and I would call the police and I would say this. I don't want to be involved in all of them. 
They should get some kind of charge for aiding and abetting this exploitation. But you know what? You know what it is? It's called the Overton window. Imagine what would have happened 50 years ago if they did this. A hundred years ago. If it was a hundred years ago, they'd probably grab all of the people in the establishment and string them up. Now, that's a little too far, if you ask me. We are now at a point where the Overton window has shifted so far that Ron DeSantis, the, the, one of the top contenders for the Republicans, is going, listen here, if you host a sex show for children, we're going to take away your liquor license. It's better than nothing. I, I, like I said, I liked reading the headline. But you mean to tell me that's it? Ron DeSantis, the strongest guy. What about Trump? Where's anyone to do anything? The fact is, outlining everything they did in this, and they were like, I can't believe that they would bring children in and simulate sex acts in front of them and show them videos of it. I'm going to take away their right to sell beer. (laughs) That's it? Amazing. Well, this is the modern era. Oh, boy. Here are the exhibits. But you know what? If you want to make the argument that this is appropriate for for children, YouTube, let's play ball. Let's go through the exhibits. Exhibit two, it says, for the eighth consecutive year, Murray and Peter presented Drag Christmas, blah, 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 20-minute intermission, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the letter they sent saying, if you have kids there, I believe the Department of Business Regulation saying it has come to our intention that you've contracted big time operator, blah, blah, blah. To avoid action being taken against your license, it is your obligation to ensure that all minors are prohibited from attending the drag fans drag show. If minors are allowed to attend, the department will take any and all actions available to ensure that you do not pose a threat to minors in the future. So you took away the beer so they can still do it, but now they can't be drunk when they do it. Do more. Melanie S. Griffin. You know, look, man, I, I like that the DeSantis administration took action, but I am saying this right now. If, and maybe, look, here's what I know. There are people who are like, hey, can you get this Democrat or that Democrat on your show? And I'm like, I'm not pulling punches. You bring them on the show and I will go after them. We even had, uh, we've had some Republicans and I've just been like, outright, no. You know, I've argued, impeach Joe Biden for these reasons. And they, no, no, we can't do that. I'm not playing. I had a, a candidate. And I said, would you vote to impeach Joe Biden? And he goes, I don't think so. Then why would I vote for you? Why would I vote for you if you're going to let this crime family? Yeah, they're not the greatest crime family. They're just corrupt. Do whatever they want. No, he should be impeached. Well, he's not going to get convicted. Anyway, I don't care. I want action. So when we have the DeSantis administration, I'm going to ask them, why did you just take away their liquor license? Why did you not send in state police to arrest the people who hosted a sex show for children? I want answers. Because I'm just, I'm just, I'm sick of the pretend, the pretending, the we are so concerned about this that we're going to make sure the next time they do it, there will be no beer there. Okay, sure, I guess it could hurt them economically. Here, here we go. What's this um, exhibit showing, uh, is this showing minors right here? We'll scroll down because it's starting to give me the business. Here's, uh, oh, fake genitals. It's a little blurred. Here's uh, partially nude men. Oh, yes. Here's children. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. All right. It, the, the exhibits presented weren't, uh, uh, they, were, they were a little grainy based on the document. But um, I'm just, I'm just tired of it, man. I really, really am. 
I like Ron DeSantis. He's doing more than most. Is that the best you have? Is that the best we can muster? Do I have to run for office? Maybe that's the out. Maybe that's the out. I just decide to run for office and then actually enforce the laws. Florida is supposed to be this great state where Ron DeSantis is doing all these great things. And don't get me wrong. This is more than most. But I am just so shocked that Texas has had these shows. The cops did nothing. And you know, it's funny is that when they had one of these 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 child sex shows that they're doing right now. And the I think it was the uh, I think it was the I'm going to be careful. One of these big lefty nonprofits, I can't remember which one I tweeted about it, said they were neo-Nazis protesting pedophiles. And I was like, why? Why are they neo-Nazis? Like a group of people come out saying no pedophiles. And you're like, well, they're all Nazis. Is it that they're really Nazis and you're so anti-Nazi you're defending pedos? Okay, in Texas and in Florida, they have mostly allowed this. And the best thing we've seen from Florida, the supposedly the best state, Ron DeSantis wins by a million votes. The best he can do is say, now we're going to take away your beer. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep doing it and they're going to call it a protest until you go and arrest them and say, not in my town. The people of Florida voted against that stuff. Not all of them. Some of them like it. And those are bad people. And the people who facilitate these shows should also be arrested. If uh, somebody worked at a club and then the owner of that club started trafficking children and the people who worked there were like, I'm not going to be involved. I'm just doing my job. Drinks, sir. Should they be charged? Yes, they should. It's like if someone goes into a criminal organization, I don't care if you're the if you're the driver, you are part of a criminal organization facilitating it. You get arrested. Come on. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to whinge and the Overton window will keep shifting. I don't see this action as meaningful enough to actually bring about change in the other direction. It's not going to shift the Overton window. It's. It's something. I'm glad to hear it, like I said. But just reading through all this stuff, I'm just getting so frustrated with the inaction. Like the best we can do is take your liquor license. It's funny. Ha ha, this hotel won't be able to sell booze for dinner. And people will just go without. And the people will still stay there. And the business will still make money. And they will not stop doing these things. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, they did in West Virginia, too. Around where we are setting up our new space, there was a flyer for a children's drag show in West Virginia. They're doing it on purpose. They are groomers. They are pedophiles targeting children with sexual, sexually explicit shows. This is their intent. As James Lindsay pointed out, they wrote in this uh, thesis, the goal is to get the glitter in the carpet that will never come out. 
They want to groom children. Now, it's not about LGBT. That's the lie. The Mountain Bailey. Because if it was, it wouldn't need to be sexually explicit. They wouldn't need to show men thrusting into each other. That's the sex. That's the grooming of children. If it was just drag queens and they were dancing on stage and singing, I'd still argue it's inappropriate. But they're doing more than that. They have simulated sex acts on stage and more. And what do we get? The best we get, Ron DeSantis, that's the best. Who's running for office that's going to campaign on? If you have a show for children that is sexual in nature, you will be arrested. You'll be put on the sex offender registry. We will not allow that in our state. Have a nice day. Can Ron DeSantis do that? So I'll tell you why I've been leaning towards Donald Trump, because Ron does the right. He does these great things in the culture war that are like the bare minimum of what you'd expect from a good leader. And we've all been like, that's great. I'll take it. Pushing back against wokeness, doing things like this. Yep, the bare minimum. And we're so accustomed to failure that we're satisfied with this. Now, I'll tell you what I want to see. One, a drag queen having an adult show. Totally fine. In fact, I'll show up, I'll smile and laugh, and we'll all share a drink together on me. A drag show that has children present. We will bring the police and we will arrest you. You'll be criminally charged for enticing minors, for lewd and lascivious acts in front of minors, whatever statute we have available to us. You'll be arrested. I don't care if adults want to do adult things. In fact, I'm very libertarian. You're an adult, you want to do drugs? Don't care. You're an adult and you want to go to sex clubs? Literally don't care. Have fun, adults, consenting adults. Do your thing. Don't hurt people. Be careful. You want to bring kids into the mix? You're going to get arrested. Can we get that promise from any one of these leaders? I, you know, look, man, I host a show. It's a decently big show, Timcast IRL. And I know why a lot of people won't come on the show, because I'm going to sit back and say, if it makes sense, it makes sense. And that means I will ask, if ever shall we sit down with Ron DeSantis, why are you not arresting these people? You are the head of the executive of Florida. You handle law enforcement. State police should be instructed to immediately shut down these events. And if they are done in secret, you arrest the people hosting them. There's evidence. Where's the DA? I'll leave it there. We'll see. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see y'all then. In what may be the most cringe-inducing thing I've seen in a very long time, Drew Barrymore got on her knees for Dylan Mulvaney. But here's the best part. Dylan Mulvaney, a biological male, is wearing a dress, and Drew Barrymore, a biological female, is wearing a suit. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of funny. James Lindsay tweeted, Women Plus are taking control. Cis women need to step out of the way, be silent, and know their place. Ah, yes, indeed. Women plus. I love that. Very, very uh, clever, James Lindsay. But uh, yeah, Amy Therese on Twitter, uh, who is from the What's Left cast, co-hosted a podcast, posted this. The gender inversion re-attire is so stark. And here we have a picture of Dylan Mulvaney, a male, wearing female clothing and a female wearing a suit. Like, I don't care what you wear, man. I just think it's kind of funny. I also think it's just insane that Drew Barrymore got on her knees for Dylan Mulvaney. It is unnerving and unearthly, as, it, as, it, as uh, uh, Matt Walsh would describe. 
And so here's this clip. This is a story we got from TimCast.com. Actually, let me uh, zoom in for yes. Maybe it'll be easier to see here. And it's uh, titled, Dylan Mulvaney discusses difficulties, experiences identifying as a woman on the Drew Barrymore show. I'm not a monster. I'm not, I'm not somebody who's trying to do anything but be myself and be happy. Let me tell you why I want to talk about this and what I think. Drew Barrymore nearly stricken to tears. <laughs> and I'm just like, what's wrong with you? You know, men and women are very different. They are. I don't care about this. And perhaps that's the problem. And Dylan Mulvaney can do whatever Dylan Mulvaney wants, whatever. And Drew Barrymore can do whatever Drew, do, do whatever Drew Barrymore wants to do. But watching this show and seeing this level of psychotic derangement has me kind of thinking, you know, maybe we're going to have to actually step up and start caring about the weird social destruction that's happening before us. That is to say, people like Drew Barrymore don't seem to have any kind of reason behind them. It's just it's chaotic. It's chaotic nonsense. It's chaotic psychopathy. Drew Barrymore is like, I'm just so happy you're here. (laughs) And then gets on her knees and is like, what must what it must have been like? And then women in the audience are going like, oh, my God, (laughs) they're crying because they're crying. There's no reason to cry. It's like you're seeing women start nearly crying because another woman started crying. What are you crying about? Dylan Mulvaney said, like, I'm here with Drew Barrymore. And they're all losing their collective minds. Look, people are going to do what people want. And we've all been fairly classically liberal. But looking at all of this, I don't think there's a classical liberal solution to any of it. There is only destruction. I feel like classical liberalism had its time and place when humans were very spread out and shared moral foundations. But it led to a decay in moral foundations, which ultimately leads to a crooked and corrupt society that would exploit and destroy children, which will ultimately lead to the death of that civilization. And so what we need is a true classic liberal or traditional liberal society in that we expect things of you and we expect cohesion. Now, for those that don't want to adhere, I don't think you do like authoritarian stuff with it. I think we just maintain a certain degree of moral expectations in that we say, hey, I don't care if you want to wear a dress and fall to the ground crying and juggle hot dogs. We don't allow that on TV. Things like that. Maybe that's a little too harsh because there's free speech and all that stuff. So I'll, 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 uh, I'll walk that one back. What I mean to say is not that the law needs to handle it, but that People need to say outright, no, we will resist you culturally. We will not just sit back. You're certainly allowed to do your weird TV show garbage and and social media crap. But we need some kind of system that says, here are the lines. Do not cross them. There's a challenge there. The challenge is we believe in free speech, the First Amendment. We believe in many amendments. We believe in the Constitution. But then what about this absolutism that results in the destruction of the very same document. It's a paradox. The reason the Constitution worked is because you had a morally cohesive society. Now you don't. Now it seems to not make sense. The government gives some people free speech and others none. Well, therein lies a problem. You, it, we don't actually have free speech. Major corporations will say, I'm a private company. I can censor whoever I want. Great. Then here's what we do. We buy up the networks and then we ban this stuff. Is that what you want? That's the point. The law doesn't need to stop it, but 
there needs to be an effort to curtail cultural degradation and degeneracy. Otherwise, and I I, I don't care about these people, but otherwise you end up with adult sex shows for kids, Florida doing very little to stop it, Texas doing very little to stop it, and it spreads and it gets worse because you have two. Here's how it works. The Democrats and the leftists are trying to run full speed off a cliff and the Republicans are holding a tether to them being dragged along and they're saying, no, no, stop. Don't keep running towards that cliff. Instead of having your people run the other direction and pull them back from the brink, they're just holding the rope and being dragged along. Republicans are Democrats driving the speed limit. Watching this show, actually, maybe I can show you like a clip or whatever of like Drew Barrymore on the verge of like crying because uh, let me let me play some of this. But what she said to you wasn't what I thought she was going to say to you. What was it? She said to keep some things private for myself. And I couldn't agree more in the way that there were a few moments this year where I was like, was I actually ready to say that? But now, since meeting her and having that moment, I go, okay, what would Laverne do? And I actually have stopped myself from making a few videos to make sure that I was actually... I want to point out a few things. The internet creates a lie. It creates a perception of reality that doesn't exist. But reality persists. Case in point, this image. Maybe I can uh, full screen this. It's not as easy to see because of the way the everything's framed. But I want you to see Dylan Mulvaney juxtaposed with Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore is a woman. She is small. She is frail relative to the large stature, large head and large body of Dylan Mulvaney. I am not saying that as a, as a, as a derogatory statement. I'm saying factually that Dylan Mulvaney is a larger human being, very tall, broad shoulders, thick arms. I've actually never seen Dylan Mulvaney next to someone else. So it's actually quite interesting to see Dylan Mulvaney next to Drew Barrymore. So you realize Dylan Mulvaney is a large, a large masculine individual. I don't mean that ideologically or internally. I know Matt Walsh is probably saying, no, Tim, certainly this person is not masculine. This is an eerie and unearthly individual who has lost all masculinity in the process of transition. And, uh, uh, you know, no, no, my point is you can't get rid of it. You can't change it. There are a lot of personalities uh, uh, who, 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 who pass. They call it passing. And you'd, you'd be like, oh, that person's trans. You don't realize. Not everybody. Dylan Mulvaney is not one of these people. And I will stress again, I am not saying this as a, as a slight or as personal invective. I am not trying to insult Dylan Mulvaney, though I think Dylan Mulvaney is actually trying to insult people. I think Dylan Mulvaney is the worst kind of person in that Dylan Mulvaney intentionally insults women intentionally insults trans people and then says, you can't make, you can't tell me that because I'm trans as a shield to be a nasty, nasty person. But I will say factually, Dil Mulvaney is large and there are many personalities that don't pass. Many of these personalities are very obviously large males and there's no getting around it. Now, Dylan may do clever filters, as Matt Walsh pointed out, and uh, angles and point the camera down so that Dylan will look smaller on camera. But then when you sit down in this chair next to Drew Barrymore, you can see, I got to say, like, Dylan Mulvaney is actually very large. Like, and, and again, this is I'm, I'm not I'm not insulting someone by being like, you got a big head or anything. Like, no, no, no. Dylan Mulvaney's got a large head, a large body, 
And I wonder if there's other uh, images you can see. I think when, uh, uh, actually, I think that was a tighter shot. Dylan's big. Dylan's a big person. I, I, I imagine, is, 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 what is Dylan, like 5'10 five, five, or 5'11 maybe? Maybe taller? How, old, how tall is Drew Barrymore, actually? Let me, let me find out. I'll look that up so we can get a, a point of reference. Okay, Drew Barrymore is 5'4 and she's wearing heels. So Dylan's probably like 5'10. Let's try that. Maybe I can type in how tall is Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is 5'9, 5'8. Is that what that says? 5'8. Really? Okay, that's shorter than I, shorter than I thought, I guess, with, uh, with Drew Barrymore being 5'4. But I find that interesting. You can see when you, when you look at the two people, even with Dylan Mulvaney, oh, okay, high heels. There you go. They're both wearing high heels. Okay. Anyway, there's my point. My point is watching this show and looking at the audience. Let me, let me, let me do this here. Let me, let me play this clip. You starting with sitting AT, on the floor now. It was the oh, first. Look at the, look at the audience being like. Mm. First time I was introduced to film reviews, which are basically social media. Yes. But She's like the I, whole time about I to felt cry. felt like all these reviews and it would, could be a Charlie's Angels. It could be an E.T. It could be the wedding singer, everything in between. If you read reviews, just like on social media, you are pretty much guaranteed a 50-50. Some like it, some don't. So you've got to be willing to bear down and brace for it. Yep. And I think, you do. That's I think picking your battles too. Yes. And sometimes I think the greatest uh, response can just be in the next joyous video or in the next win that you have, because that just goes to show that like you are continuing on and whatever that those people are projecting onto you, it isn't actually penetrating. I think, um, I, tr I try to make all my ar arguments academic. I try not to um, sling mud or anything like that. I'm not going to come out and say Dylan Mulvaney, look, Matt Walsh said of Dylan Mulvaney, you're unnerving, you're unearthly. And people are like, that was so mean. And I'm like, have you ever heard, like, I've called people disgusting pigs. You know, like Donald Trump, called, <laughs> did he call Ro Rosie O'Donnell a fat pig or something like that? Like, that's mean. Giving this dadly academic argument that Matt Walsh did is not mean. And it's crazy to me that people say it is. Dylan Mulvaney is a bad person, a mean person, and I think evil. I think Dylan Mulvaney's intention is to insult women and trans people. Hiking heels. People look at that and they're like, that's normal. And then you get conservatives being like, look at these trans people. Trans people don't do that. I say it a million times. That's why I think Dylan Mulvaney's intention is to make a clown show of women and trans people. And it works. And she goes on TV and she sits on the floor and goes, I'm on the floor with Drew Barrymore. But, but, but Dylan got surgery, Tim. So did Madonna. So did basically every single clown in Hollywood. That's what they do. This is no different. I don't know. Whatever, man. Do your cringe. I don't care. Like, I, I literally, I don't care if adults want to do whatever they want to do. I'm just going to point out my opinions on it. I think Dylan's, I'm not trying to be mean to Dylan. I think Dylan's an evil person. I, I outright mean that. Causing pain and suffering and destruction for personal gain, making a mockery. You know, and there's a lot of people who do it. Whatever. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. 
The exciting conclusion of the Jussie Smollett story. Nigerian brothers who were paid $3,500 by disgraced empire actor Jussie Smollett to attack him on Chicago Street, break their silence on the crazy fraudster, and still feel betrayed by his hate crime lies. We got a little snippet that I want to play for you because it is funny. I thought he was a good actor, but I also was thinking that this guy's a fraud. This guy's really sitting here just lying to these people, lying through his teeth and not caring. I think he shed a tear. And I want a little gay boy who might watch this to see that I fuck back. This dude crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> he shed a tear, man. This dude wild. This I dude thought... wild. <laughs> Jesse Smollett. Ah, the fanciful and glorious conclusion of the hate crime hoax. Right there, the two brothers outright saying it. They say the plot came to light of the brothers, a pair of aspiring actors from Nigeria, conf Nigeria, confessed the mugging was a hoax. Now, for those of you that live under a rock, what happened is that Justice Millette claims he left his house, his apartment, like very early in the morning, I believe, left his house. He was going to uh, pick up some eggs or something, but instead went to Subway. Then in 20 degree weather, weather at 2 or whatever a.m. in Chicago, in an area where people don't live, he was jumped by two Trump supporters in MAGA hats who yelled, this is MAGA country, threw a noose over his neck and splashed bleach on him or something like that. Something like that. I don't know. And uh, then Justice Millette went on these tours lying. And you get that famous Ellen Page moment where she was like, he was attacked. <laughs> oh, man, it's a clown world. Huh? It's a clown world. Any sane person saw that story and said, huh? Let alone from someone from Chicago, because I know the exact area where Justice Millett was, where he claimed or where he claimed he was when he got attacked. And then the funny thing is the evidence comes out. These brothers were paid by him, paid to stage the whole thing. But the funniest part of the story is when the cops show up to his apartment or whatever, or wherever he was staying, and he's got the rope around his neck and they're like, did you leave the rope on your neck for some reason? Like, wouldn't you take it off? It's the funniest thing. Like they show up and they're like, look, it's on my neck. That's where they put it. And they're like, okay, we'll take it off. Like, why, why is it there? It's, it's like a weird thing, isn't it? So you get all of these people all across media crying over the Jussie Smollett story. I live in Chicago. I, I, I lived in Chicago. I grew up there. Nobody lives in that area. Ain't nobody going outside at 20 degree weather at 2 a.m. for Subway. I guess Subway's good. I mean, I like sandwiches, but I don't know about that much. Maybe I'll go get a sandwich later. And uh, the idea that Trump supporters, if, if look, there are some people who live downtown and they may be down there because, look, there is a subway down there. But and like it's open late. But the idea that they'd be Trump supporters is the weirdest thing and that they'd stumble upon D-list actor Jesse Smollett from a, 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 a primetime drama and know who he is, is just the funniest thing ever. So, yeah, what were they, what were they paid? Abimbola and Ola Binja were paid 3500 bucks. They revealed they decided to take up his bizarre offer to beat him up because they thought he would in turn help their career. Speaking about how the actor consistently lied and tried to play innocent after the hoax, the brothers told Fox Nation, insane. That's when I really saw a different side of Jesse like, dude, really? This is when I knew that this dude was like a super villain. The brothers revealed they met 
their then friend Smollett an hour before carrying out the staged attack. They, they met him an hour. Oh, oh, OK, OK. They met up with him an hour. And the actor later hung them out to dry when his web of lies began to unravel. Both brothers said they now feel betrayed by the actor who attempted to saddle them with the blame during subsequent court hearings. The pair slammed the Empire actor as a crazy fraudster who to this day has not come out to say the truth. I thought he was a good actor, but I also thought this guy was a fraud. This guy really just sitting here, sitting here lying to these people, lying through his teeth and not caring. Amazing. Calling the actor crazy for his continued devotion to the ruse, Ab, uh, Amibola. Oh, it's Ab, Amib, I thought it was Abimbola. Is it Amibola or what? Let me make sure I get this right. Yeah, it says Abimbola up top and Abimbola here. So they got a typo down here. I don't, I don't like when they do that. This guy's really just sitting here lying. Consider the state's star, uh, star, star witness at the time. The brothers both delivered in-depth testimonies and laid bare the plot, leading the actor's conviction. There's even a camera, apparently, where Justice Millette with the brothers, he walks up and points to it. It's like, yo, yo, like they know you're doing this. Smollett alleged his attackers were a pair of MAGA hat clad white supremacists, has since vehemently denied the charges after serving six days of an agreed upon 150 day sentence in Chicago jail. The Illinois appellate court ordered a stay on his sentence last March as he sought an appeal of his conviction. The brothers recalled how after carrying out the attack, they flew to Nigeria in part to audition for the Nigerian version of Big Brother and pondered whether they uh, put on a believable performance that Smollett would, would have approved of. We were the ones that did it, he says. We was in character the whole time. Wow, that's amazing. After being asked by one of the interviews, interviewers that the duo had served as believable white supremacists with the obvious elephant room being their, their statuesque brother's skin color, the pair appears to quickly share a glance before Abimbola feigning surprise as if the inquiry had caught his acting chops into question, proudly starts 100%. The five-part series featured interviews with Chicago detectives who were called to investigate the case and how they secretly discerned that despite Smollett's account of the, of the uh, attack, the actor's supposed assailants had been black. <laughs> After just three days of probing the incident, cops began to hone in on the brothers and subsequently suspected Smollett's hate crime claims were in fact bogus. Uh-huh. Video evidence from more than 55 sources would prove the narrative to be true, unmasking the brothers as the definite culprits. At this point, due to conflicting accounts offered by Smollett, cops knew the incident was a hoax, but were then faced with the task of forcing it from the brothers' mouths themselves. Cops quickly encountered a roadblock after learning the pair were out of the country, but would only have to wait a few weeks before they would return. Uh, Ola Binjo said, flying back from Nigeria, we are expecting our other $500 check. I felt like I was going to get back to business, go back to doing audition, go back, uh, continue working out and living my great life. Abimbola, meanwhile, better known by his nickname Bola, said he had a seeking suspicion that lawmen may have, not, have been hot on his and his brother's trail. I felt like the police was waiting for me, the brother admitted. That's what I felt like. They're releasing all these little bits of evidence, but they knew it was off. They're just waiting for us to come back. It was Ambibola's intuition that would prove correct, the brothers reveal, with the pair pulled aside by a customs agent after offering up their passports. When I was getting off the plane, the customs agent was checking everyone's passport. They got to me, pulled me aside. Two big ass police officers came up. I was like, damn, it's over. They got me. <laughs> That's right. 
The siblings were held in a Cook County detention cell for 47 hours before they cracked and owned up to taking part in Smollett's strange plot for the first time, which they said the actor designed with the ultimate goal of being viewed as a hero for not only the LGBT community, but to black people as well. The police did ask us what Jesse's motive was, but Jesse did not really tell me a motive. But from what he was speaking about or talking about, I would say what he wanted to accomplish was to increase his star level. He wanted to be the poster child for activism. That's what I wanted to say. He replied, he wanted to be the hero for gay people, for black people. The duo went on to detail the extent of their relationship with Smollett and how the trio became fast friends through a mutual friend and the favors the men exchanged for one another. I met him through a friend, Abimbola, the more talkative of the two brothers told in the interviewer. My friend said, this dude is cool. He's like everybody else. <laughs> Remember when Jesse Smollett yelled in court that I am not suicidal. I, like he was trying to make it seem like they were framing him. Do people believe this guy? Oh, man, life is good, huh? Abin Bola recalled how at the time he felt his assessment to be true, describing how is it Amibola, Amibiola? They can't spell this guy's name right. He also described how Smollett and his brother would regularly smoke pot, a substance he, he was regularly tasked with obtaining for the actor due to his desire to maintain a low profile. He seemed genuine and authentic as a person. We would go out to nightclubs or bars and just chill, relax. There was a few times that I came to his house and watched TV while he and just Smollett and his brother would be smoking because I didn't really smoke. Referencing claims about Smollett's attorneys that suggested the actor had been in a sexual relationship with him and the pair had masturbated in bathhouses, Abimbola joked, we would go to nightclubs, the infamous bathhouses, and that was about it. So it kind of seems like that's true. He was a lead actor on Empire, which means being friends with him could you could help you out, which did help me out. I don't know. There's a typo. He helped me get a stand in role on Empire. And when he directed, he put me in, a, in certain positions while I was a featured background artist. So that was beneficial on set. He was very personable and seemed really uh, and seemed easily approachable. Imagine destroying your life and career over this. It's kind of sad, really. These brothers should have just said no, dude. And this guy would still be doing his show. Maybe it would have been done by now. These guys would probably have a higher profile. And that's it. That's it. They gave up everything for this guy. And this guy's still trying to maintain his innocence. That to me is, look at this. What is this? He, he sent himself a fake letter, apparently. Smollett receives a racist and homophobic threatening letter at the studio in Chicago where Empire is filmed. Police later say they believe Smollett sent the, uh, sent the letter to himself. There you go. Wokeness, white privilege. It's all fake, man. These people make all this garbage up. There it is. Him crying on TV. There's the timeline. Jeez, what is this? They file a lawsuit. Smollett's lawyer suggested the reason he told police his attackers were white was because they might have been wearing white face. <laughs> all right, I'm done. That's it. We got closure, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastirl. And uh, we'll see y'all then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.